Okay, we can connect today with no problems, Paul. Let's see if we can get some Lorena here and we'll get her going. Get her done, get her done. together who can stand when sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the strain oh who can stand oh who hath caused this oh who can answer at the throne of God the kings and the nobles of the land have done it Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Well, say, little group of little monsters. Hey, good morning here, folks. A little rainy tail off there with a lullaby and say welcome. Good morning. Glad you're with us wherever you might be, however you might be listening now, live or later. It is the Thursday 15th edition of the Radio Ranch, and of course we are... Uh, Roger Sales, your host here, and uh, get ready to turn it over to Paul, and he can tell us all the different platforms we're on. Can't you? Oh yeah, we're 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 on the usual suspects, suspects. of course. We're on uh, UFOcradio.com and Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net, and today we're also on HomeNetwork.tv and FreedomNation.tv. And here coming up, we might be on a couple other ones. We might have a few more in Paul's repertoire to tell us about. We'll see as we move forward judiciously. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, uh, here's a public notice for anybody. If anybody's having a problem with sound ca- oh, cast box, if you have an Apple phone or an Android phone or a tablet, and you need the RSS feed to download the MP3 file directly to your phone or tablet, email Roger, email me, give me your phone number, and I'll talk to you directly on the phone, and they'll show you exactly how to put it in your phone or tablet, and you don't have to deal with their app. You'll download it directly to your phone. Okay, now, uh, is that dealing with the CastBox app that you're talking about, Mike? No, sir. This, this, this downloads directly from the RSS server that you upload to. I can do a mobile voice, too. I don't use the app. I, I download the app or the, uh, program directly to my podcast what is, program. Paul, what does RSS stand for? Is he by? Uh, you're asking me what it is. I think it's read yeah. system service, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's. It's a connection to the back end of the server. You're not actually using the front-end client like through the web page or whatever. Your device actually goes to grab a, like a news feed directly from the server and downloads it. So you can listen to it locally. Here's what it's looking for. Really simple indication. Really simple. What a very simple presentation. What did you say? Really simple. Right. 
that's what it stands yeah, for. I can, I can teach you. I can talk to you on the phone indirectly how to put it in iTunes or on your phone directly. It's not hard. It's very simple. Uh, part of the problem here is CastBox, and I don't know why, but sometimes I have to go back and upload the show at four or five times. It'll go through the whole upload routine, and it won't get the publish button lit. So then you got to go back and do it again and do it again. And this may be part of the repercussions of that. I don't know why it's aggravating as hell to me, okay? But I do know if you also do like to download the shows, I've heard, because this is John Kassarab's problem, is that he wants to download the shows. Well, if you go to CastBox on the computer, you can't do that. Evidently, on the CastBox app, you can. So, and I guess it's along the same lines of what Mike's talking about. I can, like I said, I can, uh, I, you don't deal with the app, you deal with the server directly, and as soon as Paul posts his post, I, I grab it, and, uh, you know, no problem. In CastBox's defense, we've been using, it's a free service, by the way, they do have a premium, we don't pay for it, maybe we should, um, I don't even know how much it is, but, uh, over the almost six years, five and a half years we've been using it, we've had very little problems, but occasionally there are little snafus, I mean, it is technology after all. Uh, so, and if there's some screw up in technology, it's going to find me. I promise you. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah, that's how I get uh, Mike Adams' show, uh, Alex Jones, Crow Triple Seven. I always grab directly from the RSS feed. Okay. Directly from the item for any app except the app I have to play podcasts. Okay. Well, hey, Mike. I have a quick question. Um, last time I set up the RSS feed on uh, on Global Voice Radio, it only gave me like 14 days of archives in the RSS feed. Could we use RSS and go back to day one and actually download and archive all of Roger's past shows? Uh, you yeah, you have to tell the program that you're using how far you want to go back. Um, Paul, I've got I've got six six years on the computer here. Oh, okay. I mean, I save them. I don't, I don't miss them. Yeah, I, I save them. We had, uh, you know, that was a big deal around here. Somebody, uh, because of all the changes in networks and all every everybody's everyday life, um, at one point we had a number of shows all the way back to the beginning. John Kassarab, I think, still has those, or else he, act, he sent them to Greg, and the problem is Greg appears to no longer be with us. And he had a bunch of that stuff. So if I remember right. Remember the other day that your show was garbled on the Eurofolk? Yes. I pulled it off Paul's server, and it was clear. Yeah. Well, I don't have any answer for all this technology stuff. You know, that's one of the reasons we love Paul around here so much. Well, like I said, if anybody needs help, they can get a hold of me. I've got no problem walking through it. All righty. Well, hopefully there's no problems and things work smoothly. I'll try and go back and re-upload the 13th. Uh, and uh, see if we can get that done. One more thing for me to do. Uh, so, uh, anyway, good morning. I just pulled it. It's fine. It's there. It's an app on their end. I just pulled ah, it down. So it's, it's all right on there. It's just the playing of it through the app. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, it's just playing through the app is the problem. Okay. I just pulled it. All right, for everybody that's listening to a replay, now if you had problems with that, you kind of got a better idea how to deal with it, maybe. Um. So thank yeah, you, Mike. Go to Global Voice Radio. Okay, go to Global Voice Radio. The uh, speaker's front end clear is uh, it is it works very well. So okay, 
All right, well, enough of that kind of stuff. Morning, boys and girls. Morning. You little freedom seekers. Hey, God. Yes, Mer. I just want to say on Spreaker, too, you have the, uh, if there's any after show, it's either on there or there might even be a separate uh, you know, place where Colin uh, has caught it, you know. So depending on what's being discussed and whatever. Yeah. Well, so that's also, fun too. for the audience, just in general, we talk about it here and mention it occasionally, but on this Jitsi platform, your people hang around your many hours of the day, okay? I think I think some of them don't even sleep. They just stay on here and stay right through the day. But uh, regardless, if you've got questions or you're just sitting around bored, you want somebody that is like-minded, just dial into the Jitsi board, and uh, you'll probably find some folks there. It's my experience. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let Murphy go ahead. I was just going to say, I said both of those uh, cast box and the uh, – Speaker to Gary, Castbox is working all right for me on the computer, you know, so I'm not on the phone. And I think a lot of times some of these security features uh, work the opposite way. Well, in a dialectical world, that would make sense, wouldn't it? All right. Uh, Well, we are in inversion. Oh, we are. Uh, Paul, you were going to say something there? Well, I can assure you that people sleep. Um, I myself went to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and got up at 6, so. No, he's That's a glutton for punishment. I myself got an extremely good night's sleep last night, so. Uh, I got it. Roger, I also wanted to say uh, I ended up being up a little too late, but I got, I, I found a uh, Marazzi transcript with Todd wow. Calendar, wow. and it was, before November 18th yes, last year, I, 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 I just up and sent to you and a bunch of people. I watched a, a bit of it this morning and uh, caught that, that he was talking about his upcoming thing at the Tenth Circuit. So that was probably sometime this this time last year, maybe a little later. Uh, but boy, yeah, I didn't yeah. really see. But in the transcript, what's good is in the transcript because it spells it out right there in black and white. <clears throat> you know, that they didn't deny when he asked them if uh, the shots made you not your own property anymore. Correct. They didn't deny that and, it did. And they're still sitting on that. It won't budge. And probably what he's going to have to do is issue a writ of mandamus and see if he can move it up to the Supreme Court. He mentioned that the other day in our call briefly. Uh, so Yeah, that's Austin, you know. Uh, Todd is such a good guy. I mean, I just really feel honored that he has uh, uh, bellied up with us here. And uh, as he gets his arms around this, as you guys know, you don't get this immediately, even if you're a skilled attorney, okay? Because we don't think like they do. And you got to go back and turn all these things around and see the picture of what's been done here. And I know he's working on that. I sent him an email yesterday, and I entitled it Bits and Pieces. And uh, I, get, I shot him the uh, U.S. v. Wong Kim Ark descent uh and uh, what else? Uh, I shot him uh, the uh, 1835 Ubuntu v. DRC decision. Uh, I shot him uh, the wonderful descent from John Harlan in Downs v. Bidwell. And I think I also put a uh, copy of uh, Sarah's uh, CPS encounter out there in the outskirts of Denver in there. I hadn't really had much communication with him since. I mean, listen, Todd Kyle Calendar's a busy guy, folks. I mean, he's wearing four major hats, and uh, it's it's amazing that we even got our foot in the door there, quite frankly. 
Um, and we'll see how it develops as he gets his arms around this. He did mention something, uh, just in offhand, as he's getting his arms around a bit of it. He says, I've been looking for something like this. He said, I was thinking about this and looking for something like this. So uh, I think he's putting some of his energy into it when he's got time. I've also sent him uh, Eugene Schroeder's War Emergency Powers Act, which he was not familiar with. And uh, because, you know, one of the advantages of dealing with Todd, quite frankly, is he's only been into this a couple of years. He doesn't have all that Patriot crap in his, in his closet, okay? So uh, that's uh, very positive. I'm, I'm quite positive about it. Where it's going to go, I don't know. But uh, I do uh, uh, relish and cherish the even the initial relationship that we've got together. And I think he and I just relate really well together, seems like, okay? So we'll see as we go forward. Pretty exciting, though. Thanks for digging that up, Murr. And you, you can't watch this guy be interviewed and not know how real he is. He's just a real guy, okay? just like us. Like us. Well, you can see he's listening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That's okay. You're just yeah. you know what? You know what? Really, you know what really impressed me in our conversation, Murr, was he came up and he was talking about Ann Vandersteel. And he said something, he said, Ann Vandersteel says there's 25 million of these up there, of these state national things. And I said, Todd, it's not a state national. It's, that's nowhere in the statutes and the regulations. And he said, well, what do they call it? And I said, national or U.S. national. And he thanked me for correcting him. Yeah, you said repeatedly, right? Yes, so, yes. Yeah, that's a repeat. Well, it is, and it shows his humility, okay? Um, yeah. One thing, and uh, but I, I feel very good about what's going on right now. And of course, it's not ever going to go as fast as you'd want it to. But we do have our foot in the door there, and it is developing. And he sees it. Okay, I don't know how thoroughly. We haven't had a chance to follow up, talk. Hopefully, we will. But I know that he sees it. So, uh, step in the right direction, folks. So anyway, that was a, a good interview, although dated. I think Maria Z does a really good job too. I, I like her. And uh, so here we go again, another day. Um, does anybody have anything they want to bring up that's hot on the platter here this morning? Uh, this is Cheryl. I have one question. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing this morning? Cheryl, I want you to know that I really empathize with your with you and your position, okay? Um, yeah. Coming on to this, at, at look, I'm I'm just a couple of years ahead of you, okay. Uh, but at our age, uh, and you have to go back and you have to go back and do a lot of soul searching, don't you? You got to go back and really admit that holy smokes, I've been living a lie my whole life, and I didn't even realize it. And that's the older you get, I think the harder it gets to face those things and make the right steps. So I applaud you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. I know it's hard, yeah. okay? It's hard. Yes, it's hard. It's hard. But it's worth so, uh, it. It's yeah, worth yeah. it. It's worth it. Okay. There might be something good that I want to do before I leave this planet. <laughs> well, you know, when my wife passed away, uh, at least uh, I said, you know, at least Frankie died knowing the truth. I didn't understand all this back then, but I understood enough of it. And uh, I thought, what a blessing that she went to the next world knowing the truth. She was a really, really supreme Christian gal. And uh, I think it's important that we all learn the truth, you know. 
Some people are going to walk away. Most people are going to walk away. But the small select few that are supposed to receive this message and that react to it, obviously you're supposed to react to it. Okay. So how can we help you this morning, Cheryl? Yeah, I was on um, the Matrix box. I'm getting an echo. I was was on the Matrix box, and um, it said that um, regarding the affidavit of citizenship evidence, that the second paragraph, it said it was an optional paragraph for the cover letter body. Um, But it's it's on there. Um, So I guess what I want to know is, is that the same as a revocation of election? Because no. it sounds like it's talking about well, taxes. Let me say yes and no. Okay, and I know that's an ambiguous answer. The revocation of election, you could take that phrase and uh, and attach it to what we do with the Secretary of State. And basically, it's the same thing, you know. But the revocation of, a langu- of, of election language specifically applies to IRS and a procedure that's in the regulations. And basically, John and Glenn, my teachers 30 years ago, this, that's what they founded their business on. That's where this all started, was revocation of election. All right? And here's the story. John and his adept legal knowledge and his uh, ability to read the regulations and thrive doing so, by the way, uh, had found this. He's the first guy that found it. Okay, and that's what they built their business on. And the revocation of election is it says you can, if you've been filing in the wrong status, you can correct your status and get three years of what you've paid in back. Okay, and so John and Glenn built the business with charging us, the students, $1,500 to go through a weekend seminar. It was money back guaranteed, no questions asked. Okay. And you'd go sit through about 30 hours, and boy, you think your head's spinning now, you go sit through that, okay? And uh, then at the end of that long weekend, it was a long weekend, we would file the NRs and go through the paperwork and then submit our affidavit. But the first few people that did that got checks back. And then when the IRS figured out what was happening, or let's say they figured out a defense, because they did, at that point, they started sending back, at that point in time, $500 frivolous filing penalties. Those are now $5,000, okay? Shows this is the last club they got in their bag to beat you up with, are these frivolous filing penalties, okay? So what we didn't know back then was the Secretary of State connection and how important it is. So we didn't send our affidavits to the Secretary of State first. That, as I look back and think through it, is the justification they used to not send the three years back because we were changing our status by sending the affidavits to the IRS and not the Secretary of State first. Okay, That, I think, may work into a real positive for us, but we'll see as we go forward because this is a way we can take the offense against them. See, the way I look at this, filing the affidavit with the Secretary of State levels the playing field. So it's kind of a neutralizing action, if you will. Going back and having people do a revocation of election now that we know the proper sequence that's an offensive move, okay? And I, uh, the more I think about it, the more I like it, okay? Uh, and I've got to thank publicly John Garland, 
because John hearing this stuff on the air one day and being John, being John, went out and did all the research on this and filed this revocation of election thing and never even asked a question about it. He did it all on his own, okay? And he, he got back a sizable amount of money, all right? Just showed up in his checking account. All right. For a while, there was a uh, attorney named Weiss. I think he was in Florida, Jewish guy. I think he was in Florida, but he moved to France and put up a website dealing with revocation of election. It's called Weiss Paris. I believe it's Weiss Paris. You, you familiar with that? I always saw that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I had to download. I read through a lot of their stuff already. Okay. And somebody on this side, somebody here said that was um, not his, the real name. The real name was Stedman Jackson. I think somebody on here said that somewhere. I don't know. All I know is the guy has since deceased. But some of the paralegals that he had helping him do this are still around doing it for people because Joe ran into the gal. And she's still helping people do this, and they don't know about the Secretary of State connection. They don't know what we know, but she's still helping people do it. I do know from a relationship I've got that somebody that went through this in 2016 without knowing the Secretary of State connection, and the IRS is all over them right now. So the Secretary of State filing, and if you understand the system, you can understand why. The Secretary of State has all final authority over all matters concerning citizenship. That was what was written to me in a letter from the Secretary of State of the state of Florida when I wrote him and asked him for a letter stating I was a Florida state citizen. Okay? And he wrote me back. This is early on. It, man, I wish I'd have known more. I'd have had this thing back in the damn 90s. Okay? He wrote back, and in the letter, he said, I can't send you that because the Secretary of State of the United States has all final authority over all matters concerning citizenship. Now, Cheryl, why would that be? Do you have any idea? Secretary of State. No, I really don't. It's because he's always been responsible for issuing passports. Oh, yeah, you said that one. And because a passport under Vitell's Law of Nations represents you to foreign nations, it's got to have your political status in it involved, doesn't it? Yes, uh, I'm confused between citizenship status and political status. Same thing, same thing. Okay. And so, because he's had that responsibility from the start of the founding of the country, this is one of those elements from back before the Civil War when all the states didn't have all of the capability to do all these things that they needed to do collectively. Let me go back and make that clearer. They couldn't all, they couldn't have 13 ambassadors to England from the U.S., And each state would have had to send their own ambassador. We couldn't have 13 states with 13 separate navies because that was the country's only vulnerability at that point was the sea. So they collectively gave this very loosely described federal government the power to act for all the states in these different things. And being a passport is one of them. Okay? 
And so because he's had that responsibility of issuing passports, then when it came to pulling this scam off, this is why in Eustace Mullins' book, you, you're familiar with Eustace Mullins, Cheryl? He was one of the great patriarchs of our movement. I suggest you familiarize yourself with him, okay? It's E-U-S-T-A-C-E-M-U-L-L-I-N-S. He's not with us anymore. You can find some of his talks on YouTube, I think. Um, Eustace Mullins was a very unique character. I had the, the great fortune of seeing him speak personally at least three or four times and shaking his hand, you know. Um, it's a very interesting story. I can tell it for Cheryl and the people in the audience. The punchline I'm going to get to here is that in his, he wrote the first book on the Federal Reserve in the, early, in the 50s. It was called Secrets of the Federal Reserve. And in that book, one of the statements he made, it stuck with me when I read it 30 years ago. Okay, Now, things do that, and they stick in your subconscious mind. Right, and I'm reading the book. I'm total. I'm green as you are. Okay, and I'm reading through that book, and it says the first cabinet office they went after after passing the Federal Reserve Act was the Secretary of State. And I go to myself. I remember thinking this back then. Well, that's odd. I, oh, I know these are money hungry pieces of satanic crap. Doesn't it make sense they go after the Treasury first? That was on a book, Roger? Yes, it's Secrets of the Federal Reserve. Don't you think that when they passed the Federal Reserve Act, the very first office they go after was Treasury? I guess in the Federal Reserve Act, they already had the Treasury, okay? But it says in there, the first office they went after was the Secretary of State. And I remember thinking, man, that's strange. Why would they go after that when they're trying to take over the country? Now I know why. Because the monetary system they had planned revolved around the Secretary of State's ability on this citizenship issue. When did you read that? 1992. Before you started learning with um, Glennon. Uh, well, I, I don't remember the exact time sequence, but back then I was so hungry for this information. Um, that uh, I, I would stay up reading half the night like you guys stay here on Jitsi all night, you know. Um, and in those early days, here's, here's what happened, okay. The first guy that I saw, let's see if I, you know, this is, I had a very dear friend back then, he's not with us anymore, being Dr. Stan Bravi. He was a psychiatrist. He was Russian. And he had immigrated from Russia to the U.S. He was a Jew. And uh, he, he, in his capacity in Russia, they had given him a small hospital somewhere, you know, cobwebs, cockroaches, and he had turned it into a model facility. He was just that kind of a guy. Turned it into a model facility. So he'd done so well, they gave him a larger hospital, and he had the same uh, exact results. Then they were going to put him in, in, in touch with one of the biggest hospitals in St. Petersburg. And at that point is when he immigrated, okay? The guy immigrated to New York, didn't speak a word of English, and started driving a cab because he lost all of his psychiatric credentials they didn't transfer. Interestingly enough, he got those back through LSU. 
So he went back and re-credentialed himself. Anyway, had a lovely, lovely wife. They were charming people, both Jewish, okay? And he had a blind date with her and proposed to her on the first night. <laughs> that was the kind of guy he was, you know? Um, in, in networking, I'm, I met him through networking. Networking, he's the best recruiter I've ever seen in network marketing. I've never seen anybody better than Sam Robbie, okay? Because he didn't care about talking to anybody, and he was real skilled at it. And so anyway, Stan, being Russian and Jewish, knew what was happening. And so when we all got interested in this tax movement, it was Stan that would call us up and go, Roger, Roger, there's a tax meeting in town. <laughs> and so the first time he did that, it was a guy named Phil Marsh. Some of you old-timers will remember who Phil Marsh was. Anybody remember Phil Marsh? No. He ended up killing him. He died in prison. He, he, died, he died in prison. Okay. Phil Marsh was one of the first guys in this big tax movement. Now, they let Phil Marsh go for five, at least five years after I got into it, even to the point of one night being on ABC News on a Friday night for an hour with, and I don't remember whether it was Stone Phillips or Geraldo Rivera, but it was one of those guys interviewed him, and what Phil brought to the lexicon was a term called untaxing. I'm going to untax you, okay? And so he was the first guy that came to town after I woke up. Robbie called me. It just so happened he was talking at a hotel that was literally two miles from my house uh, there in Marietta. And uh, so I went over there to the hotel and went into there. You know, they got a room, big room there. And I was real early. And I went up there. He had a, 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 some tables, those long uh, kind of buffet tables with different materials on them, some of them free, some of them you purchase. I didn't have two nickels to rub together back then. But I picked up all the free stuff, and I bought his book. Now, I remember that night, because uh, because I was early, I got to sit at the front of the, of the room. So as the meeting commenced, I'm sitting there totally focused on what's going on. And by the end of the meeting, I turned around Every I don't know how many seats are in there. There's quite a few. It was two of those meeting rooms with the medium petition opened up. And there's three room, three doors at the back, and there was standing room only in the hall. And people listening to Phil Marsh. Folks, this was in 1992, okay, 31 years ago. And so I took Phil Marsh's book home. This is before the Internet. We didn't have any Internet back then. Not maybe just a skeleton of it. So I took Phil Marsh's book home and read it. And every time I'd come across a source, a resource, uh, the one I can remember immediately off the top of my mind is Omni Books. I'd write him a letter and say, please send me a list of everything you've got. And I started ordering as I could books, you know. And so one of them I got a hold of, as I learned about Eustace Mullins, was Secrets of the Federal Reserve. Now, Cheryl Eustace Mullins, this is a really colorful story, okay? Eustace Mullins was, he's from, was from Staunton, Virginia. And he had that rich Virginia accent that's similar to Canadians. You know, those blue-blood Virginians, they say out and about and, and pronounce those words like Canadians do. Well, that's how Eustace talked, okay? And so Eustace, being from Staunton, Virginia, had gone to college in Washington, D.C. I don't remember which one. But one of his college professors 
had a personal relationship with a guy named Ezra Pound. Cheryl, have you ever heard of Ezra Pound? I've heard the name, that's all. He was a uh, world-renowned editor. He edited four Nobel Prize-winning poets, Keats, Byron, and a couple other ones, okay? And he knew what was going on. And when World War II started, he went over to Italy and started getting on a big shortwave broadcast and beaming information about these creeps back into the U.S. Roosevelt sent a military team over there and kidnapped him in Italy and brought him back to the U.S. and put him in a psychiatric institution for the rest of his life named St. Elizabeth's. It's right outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, Eustace Mullins' teacher knew Ezra Pound, and he introduced Eustace to Ezra Pound. And Eustace would go over there, I believe, on Friday afternoons every week and sit for hours with Ezra Pound absorbing this information. Now, the advantage that Eustace Mullins had was that he was a page at the Library of Congress. So Pound would send him looking through all the archives at the Library of Congress to come up with all this confirming information. And that, I don't know how long that went on, but it went on for a few years. It got to the point at one point where Eustace knew the Library of Congress so well that there are there are floors underneath the Library of Congress in the basements. And he found a room down there with a shower, and he would go in on Friday afternoons and sneak down and stay in that room, and they would close the Library of Congress for the weekend, and he had full range of all the archives that aren't yet published. He wrote the very first book, and with all these things coming together, he wrote the first book on the Federal Reserve. It's called Secrets of the Federal Reserve. And I heard him tell this story. Okay, yes. I have two things. Number one, I have a student just came in. Number two, just to show you where my head's at, I have that book. It was in my stack of books that I had to that book. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the first book. And before you run off to your student, I'll tell you this. You can come back and listen to the replay. I'm going to finish the story for the audience. Um, he went to 22 publishers in New York. They all agreed to publish the book. And the next day, every one of them called back and canceled. He had to go to Germany to get that book published. And when it was on the tarmac going onto the airplane, the German government seized it, and that's the only book that's been burned in Germany since Hitler. Okay. G. Edward Griffin. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But I'm still making that point. Okay. So the uh, the uh, 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 the the book, the creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffith, which everybody knows about, they don't know about Eustace's book, was commissioned by the John Birch Society to get all the Zionism out of there. Yep, G. Edward Griffin rewrote it, but he took all the 
real culprits out of there. Okay, so anyway, it was in that book, Secret, and he wrote a bunch more, okay? So you can gouge it. It used as small as I'm going to tell you one thing. I've never heard anybody disprove one thing used as small as said or wrote. Okay? I just heard it reconfirmed the other night. I was listening to a, a guy go on the background of, uh, of these creeps, uh, 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 Murr. And he said it used to be the Canaanites, and they became the Phoenicians, and that's exactly what used to smell and said. Exactly. Yeah, okay. and you can find you can find about uh, Phoenicians with Miles Mathis too. So, so this is how they hide, and you got to follow the women. Okay. Sure. You know, so anyway, back to the comment of the the reason they took over the State Department, the reason the Secretary of State's got all this power is because he's the guy that's always been responsible for issuing passports. If he's going to issue you a passport, he's got to know what your legal status is and your legal personality, doesn't he? If he's going to represent you adequately to foreign countries, that's why they hid this citizenship scam at the Secretary of State. It's really good to think of him as a feudal landlord, and to say that often. Who, who's that? Who? Oh, oh, the secretary. Yeah, he's a, he is. At, you know, it's interesting as you look back into the uh, feudal system. There were different lords of the manor that handled different areas. I come to understand. And in this instance, he's the lord of the manor of the federal manor that has all the authority over citizenship. Okay. So, anyway, back to answer that question for Cheryl. Now she's gone, you know. you got to quit scheduling students during the showtime, Cheryl. Um, Roger. Yes. Uh, today, yesterday, I was reading the United States Statues at Large, Volume 1, the first volume, and United States Supreme Court. And so it's interesting because the first section is talking about how you know, the Marbury versus Madison. Madison. So um, I was going through that in detail and then going to the United States statutes at large to um, reference the information. And so, yeah, so for me, I mean, I actually learned for the first time that the Secretary of State office, how it was created and how it has two different it reports to the president, and then it also has another duty to the citizens and how a mandamus can only be applied to one aspect of the office and not to the other aspect of the office. Oh, that's interesting. And so um, and there's two different acts, an act for establishing an executive department to be dominated, and then there's another act that... Um, that um, an act to provide for the safekeeping of the acts, records, and seal of the United States and other purposes. So there's two different acts that were created or passed by Congress for that particular office. I'm not finished with it, but it's interesting. He has two responsibilities, one to the president, which... It's solely to the president that's and the other one to the citizenry, and that's the citizen, that's the um, secretary of the state. It actually has two department names. Um, one is department, and the other is secretary of state. Okay. I haven't finished it yet, but that's as far as I got. Well, so it's interesting. And, of course, secretary of state's a cabinet position. That's where he reports directly to the president. Right. And then the other one is department. Right. 
uh, and it's the spy, the president, that's the second highest powerful office in the country right there. And no one can touch him there. It's solely to the president. No mandamus, no nothing. Yeah. Paul, was that you trying to say something? No, this is this is James. May I interject, please? Sure, James. How you doing? Uh, good, good. How you been? How's uh, things going with you guys? All right, all right. Good morning, Grand Rising guys. Um, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, I've been listening to you, and um, I got a couple questions, if I may ask. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate. Um, I did my passport. Okay, and I did the um. New citizens' evidence. It came back, and um, I got the little the little passport, the little Secretary of State passport thing. It tells you, you know, about your travel, and it says on my passport that I, that I'm a non-U.S. resident. That would um, make me a. Um, hold on, hold on, James. Well, hold, hold, James. It Sorry. says on your yeah. passport that you're a non-U.S. resident. Yes, on that little app when I put my passport number in there, it comes as a non-U.S. resident. Now, Perfect. since I get the affidavit okay. status. Right. So they're recognizing your affidavit. Yes. So what my problem is, is so that I, I, when I travel, I recently got tickets and this courts are not recognizing my status at all. Yeah. Even when I... Um, how do I get them? Because I put the um, I put the affidavit on status at the courthouse and at the Secretary of State and at the Attorney General of State in, in Pennsylvania. And when I called the Secretary of State, he says it's the courts. So how do I get the courts to not drag me into the jurisdiction, which I realize their jurisdiction now is wartime jurisdiction. They're bringing me in the Bankruptcy Act and all this stuff. How would I? They are still giving me the big, the, Well, the biggest problem we've got in this whole thing is your situation right there. We've never had a problem, to my knowledge, from the feds in 12 and a half years of people doing this. IRS had not come back and seized people's stuff. Uh, there have been no repercussions that have ever been reported to me. Okay? Put it that way. But where we do have problems is in these local jurisdictions where you've got Judge Roy being the hanging judge and Boss Hogg is the sheriff and they got a little fiefdom there and they don't want to recognize that they don't have any authority over you. You're gonna have to be a you're gonna have to be a belligerent claimant. I mean, we got the same situation going with Joe in Jersey. I mean, he had everything buttoned up, man, and the judge and the prosecutor and the cop got together and colluded. He had the cop on the stand for an hour, or he had a trial for an hour, just those four in the courtroom. He said the cop didn't recognize one statute for what he wrote him a ticket from, yet they said he was an authority and he knew the law, uh, and he, uh, Joe made him look damn sophomoric from the impression I get and at the very last the, cop, the judge goes do you buy gasoline and he goes yes he said I've got jurisdiction that's commerce and found him guilty well that, that has nothing to do with commerce that's holding goods okay or people so the main thing for James he needs to stand on the affidavit for the jurisdiction absolutely and not go past that you go back and drive, grab that 1835 court case it's on the website ubu 22 vdrc 
and you shove that right up their ass, okay? And you stand and be a belligerent claimant. You have no jurisdiction. The Secretary of the State has jurisdiction. I'm cleared with him, okay? The, yes, go ahead. Okay, with that, with that number, with that All right, this is my, my bad complaint with the Attorney General of the state of Pennsylvania saying that they're not following the law. You put them on notice. Okay, did you no. do it? Did you do it properly with the CC and everything? And notice to the principals, notice to the agent, and all that, James. James. I guarantee you, the attorney doesn't know what these little judges are doing. Well, the judges, they don't understand this. Okay, well, the Attorney General is at least at risk, done properly, theoretically, of them being sued outside their personal capacity, in their personal capacity also, if you did that properly. Okay? Man, this is why, this is why I tell everybody, get command of the information, because a situation may come up like this, and you're going to have to be the belligerent claimant. You've got to do it, James. Okay, so if you can give me direction, I'll do it. I'll let you know how it turns out. Well, you're going to have to give them all. Have they, have they already docketed the traffic case? God, I hate to get off into this again. Have they already docketed the traffic case? Yes, they docketed the traffic case. I did the 12 presumptions and everything with Pennsylvania. I filed the affidavits. They're not even recognizing the affidavits. And um, they're just running me through the mill. The cop, like they put a warrant on. I had, I couldn't get the warrant on, so I had just get an attorney to hire just for the warrant. Now she's free, but the, the state police was riding around my house until last night. I got the warrant lifted today, and I need to find out. A gentleman said to file a complaint. I see. I'm trying to reach out to people because I know I need to finish this. I did the process, but like other states, South Carolina have no problem with it. Everybody else, the Pennsylvania. Well, your state is incredibly your state is incredibly corrupt. Look at your senator. I realize that I'm moving, but I need to get this stuff taken care of. Well, James, I, there is no there is no magic formula for all these local jurisdictions and local fiefdoms. Okay. The only formula I got is you're gonna have to stand up and be a belligerent claimant and stand on your position. And if they okay, proceed, no. if they proceed, then they're all acting outside of their delegated responsibility, and you're going to have to go back and sue them personally. Okay. Um, I, okay. The gentleman said, "I got to, um, I got to do something first. I got to get like a restraining order from the state or something." He said, "I can't." I Mike, what did you say? <laughs> Mike, I said he needs to inform the attorney general's office. That the judges and prosecutors in the, in the county that he's in is not following the law, and inform them that I sent the affidavit to you too, so you're liable too. So he might get it, you know. When you're talking did, about the attorney general of Pennsylvania. Yes, yes. Did, did this incident happen after you got all your paperwork done, James? Oh yes, yes. And they pulled it up. It even says on the NCIC. They even put it on my paperwork to rub it in my face. It says non-resident, and they are still putting the warrants out. They are still, I got these creatures of the state. I wrote so many affidavits out that they're ignoring them. They're, they're ignoring them. Well, you're going to have to probably go to that courtroom setting and stand on your position, buddy, and see how they react. Uh, there is no magic formula for local fiefdoms. 
Now, when I when I when I informed Attorney General of Pennsylvania, should I call him and no. tell him my status is on there? No, you should do that in written correspondence. You want a record of what you're sending? Okay. Hey, uh, there, there's two Supreme Court cases that state that they can't say they have jurisdiction. They have to prove it, and it's not the judge that has to prove it; it's the prosecutor. So you have to go back to court. You tell the prosecutor you can't say; you have to prove it. I mean, we had one incident, I don't remember who it was, but they brought up the Ubuntu VDRC. It was in some sort of a situation like this. And the prosecutor goes, you're misinterpreting that. My ass. Whatever paperwork is in the possession of the secretary, if admissible in a court of law, should be considered the high, higher and better evidence. How the hell do you misinterpret that? So if they haven't rebutted any of his affidavits, then they stand well, that, I mean, well, that, Those are the things you're going to have to go in there and stick in their face, James. And uh, There ain't no magic key here. This is the biggest fly in the ointment is local fiefdoms and driving or traveling or however you want to label it. Yeah, and, and they're creatures of the state, so they cannot rebut on an affidavit. Well, the only one that can rebut your affidavit is the Secretary of State. He's the ultimate authority. And under the United, under the, um, what is it, the United Declarations of, um, of um, UDRH, Human Rights, um, you have a right to, your, to, what your, to change your nationality. So uh, that's, that's another stipulation. Well, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would take it further back than that, the Patel's Law of Nations and the UN Charter. Okay. Okay. Right, it's done. Okay. I mean, so you you have, have, uh, to the human rights thing you just referenced, you have the choice. Can you move to any other country in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all you're doing now yeah. is moving. You're not. That's called expatriation. You can decide what set of laws you want to live under. Well, it's the same thing here. You're just going back and recapturing a, a set of laws that they don't like, and they've gone to great lengths to hide, and they don't want you to access them. And this also would be a violation of the civil rights, wouldn't it be? I would imagine, yeah. Well, they're, well, they're discriminating against you. They're, you know what it is? They're tyrants. If I can't say what I am and you're telling me what I am, you're a tyrant, aren't you? Okay, here's the here's the language. If you do go into court and you do get in a discussion with this judge, you want to write this down. Okay. Sir, are you an independent trier of facts or are you a party to the action? Indeed. Are you an independent trier of facts, or are you a party to the action? I'm writing it down. Four. Now, do you understand what you're asking him? Are you a tyrant? Are you an open tyrant, sir? Because if you're trying to tell me what I am, that's what you are. Uh, I like that. Are you a, in the state? Are you a are are you 
with are you an independent trier of the fact are you are you a party to the action you got to be one or the other yes well obviously they're a party to the action of course they are what was the app that um James, was it James uh, used to check his yeah. passport? Yeah, um, I drove his um, I can't say, can I send it into the, uh, the you'll have a chat. It's called the um, the travel app. It's, 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 from, the, um, yeah, it's from the government, uh, from the um, immigration travel app. You'll State Department, thank you, uh, Roger. I would imagine. You. But, the, the, this is another reason that you got to have command of the information, folks. I'm sorry. I hate it. But that's really where all your freedoms are. That's where your ability to defend situations like that are. This is your ability to help explain it to other people and enlarge our ranks and spread the word. This is the information we're going to need that's going to be critical when the rebuilding occurs because we're going to have to rebuild this thing. It ain't salvageable. So, so, Roger, what they're doing is they're acting out of their jurisdiction or using their cloak of immunity. Exactly. They've got That's delegated responsibilities. They can only deal with citizens of the United States. James has proven to them that he's not. If they move forward, they're acting outside their delegated responsibilities, aren't they? Right. It says it on the NCIC National Information Crime Center. It's on there. I found out through a, through a one-state police. He said, I can't believe that they're doing this to you, but... I couldn't run somebody like that because that's stepping on your guard given rights. Exactly what he said. He even gave me a printout of a charge that they gave me. Only he added it says it says none U.S. resident on there. Yeah, and they're still. That's what I mean. And it's frustrating. Well, you got well. I mean, if you got that kind of evidence, you got something to go in and confront this judge with. I guess I'll just have to show my passport out. That would be evidence, wouldn't it? Well, not your, well, yeah, all that stuff. Your affidavit, the court case, the things you found through this app, the fact that they recognize it, the, the feds recognize it, but the state of Pennsylvania doesn't. Um, James, can you post that link in uh, Roger's sales to Tango so everybody can copy it? Okay, can, thank can you. Please send me that link. I, I, don't, I don't know how to get on the link. I just happened to get a telegram because I lost the information. I got on telegram and that's how I got all the today. So I'm trying okay. to figure out. If you're on the app, the app is called Smart Travel. I can't use it because I have Android 13. Thank you. So, James, I mean, we'll help give you some direction, but it's something you're going to have to deal with. I'm sorry. You live in a damn corrupt state and you got corrupt officials up there. Again, look at your senator. Okay, I am. Um, um, I'm trying to put this stuff in the chat for them, and I can't get to the chat. Okay, well. Um, or on Telegram, if you're I'll on the Telegram group, and I can post it. Uh, okay, I'll put, it in, I'll put it in the Telegram group. I just joined it because I didn't know it existed. Okay. Okay, so um, basically James, I sent my affidavit into the secretary. Have we spoken before? Uh, about a few years ago. Okay. Then everything was, yeah, everything was gone. And, um, yeah, I was, I, I 
I um I, I, I started talking to you and everything was working out and then I, I, I thought I thought with everything I couldn't get through to you and so I thought your your communication I thought you closed the shop down and then I just happened to go through the app last night and I just put in um, your name and stuff and I came up with it in Telegram that you existed still but I could not get a hold of you for a long time because I lost um I lost uh, contact. Yeah, well, we've been right here all along. Well, you see, that's how it works. I mean, when you when you find something, you know how how they do it. They interrupt your phone calls. They they do all kinds of stuff. So, um, James, is your last so, initial? Um, is your last initial K? T. Well, that it, it said it might it would say James hyphen T on my okay. on my um yeah. Can you see it? I'm looking. And uh, you Can know, I just for everybody else. Go ahead, Josh. Now, I was going to add something, finish up what you were trying to get across. I'm just talking. It says, it says on, on, on my telegram, it says changing many hats underneath it. And it has the uh, the shoppers and all that on there. But it says it's James T. I guess I'll get my, I guess my last name is on here too. But James, how did, this whole, how did this whole situation arise? Rise while I was trying, I was sitting in my car and it came in on a disorderly conduct. Okay, and they never found the disorderly conduct and they found the driving under suspension. Do you want to lay it? Okay, they've been trying to target me, but they don't oh, know how to. James, that. James, is this back to where your girlfriend worked in a store and you caught a dog peeing on a bag or something and reported it? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now I yes, remember. Go going through that. Yeah, but I understand. But I understand what you mean about about the um, about the bonds and stuff. That ain't irrelevant anymore when you become a new U.S. resident. And I got to get past that. And if I if I made any bad vibes, you got a good memory. Wow, you got a good memory. If I made any bad vibes, I, I apologize. But I was I was you know how when you're you're, you're in process, you study so much stuff, and you're trying to get rid of stuff, and you're in the process of revamping your brain with the right stuff. And now, um. That county did is they got another county. I'm between two counties, so they another county right next to me came in on a disorderly conduct the same way. They were charging me with the disorderly conduct and charging me with this driving shit, and I'm tired of it. They took their license. They didn't have their license. There's nothing in. I don't need nothing outside the United States. I don't need a due commerce because I got everything in the United States. I mean, for off off the de facto, what do I need to to be commerce wherever? Well, all I know to tell you is that you're going to have to go in and defend your position. I mean, obviously, the whole thing was when you reported to a store owner that somebody had their dog in there peeing on a bag of food or something. Ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. You know, like if you lay chips on, um, um, like what chips for your for your offsprings is playing in, or yeah, nobody right. wants that stuff on here. And she used that saying I was yelling at her. I never yelled at her. I asked her to please not do that. that there's no sense in me yelling at her. Somebody's I, that don't make sense just to yell at people. I don't. I never do that, and that don't make sense. Wow, is this coming up? James, if you, if you go into the matrixdocs.com, the links are on there. Uh, it's Roger sells to Tango. And then the Telegram group's on there, too. Okay. Well, all I know, you're going to have to go in there and defend your position, James. That's the best I can tell you at this point. 
another thing I just want to tell you is I, last night I found a website. It was called the Civil Rights Website for the Department of State. Um, I can't actually, I got seven affidavits that I wrote up with one case that they not even, they didn't rebuttal or acknowledge. I realize they can't, but I should file something with the Department of State, Washington, D.C. over this and put my passport number in there. Should I not? Well, isn't the civil rights uh, actions under the 14th Amendment? You're not one of those anymore. But if I'm considered an American citizen or an alien or something, I, I have exclusive rights. So no, uh, see, James, you don't even have the terminology right. You're a national. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, I am national. But shouldn't I have the, uh, shouldn't the only time that they need to bother with me is if I enter somebody's property? Uh, theoretically, the, yes, theoretically, that's correct. But I've been fighting these people, and I don't like to use fight because I really don't have controversy with them. They have controversy with me. Uh, they got a big problem They've got a big problem with you. You're a little guy that's escaped the pen, and they don't like that. They want everybody in the pen. You're a threat to them. So, I just probably got the warrant lifted. Yeah, I sent stuff out into the DA, too, and they're still, they're still trying to walk on me. I guess I'm going to have to figure out how to go put this stuff on the record. So, Roger. Yes. This is Mark the Spark here. James, I uh, sent you, uh, maybe, I don't know if you can get hold of the chat, I sent you my telephone number I'm hearing in Harrisburg and Dauphin County, and that's all I was trying to bring up to you, Roger. This this is this is a power center for them. Of course it is. Of this course is it is. Dark and the, and, yeah, so they're, they're and I, my sense of it, because I've been to a few counties now, out in the outer bounds, out, out of bounds and uh, I've, I've been talking to the locals who were tapped in, they're not tapped into what you're, you're in, tapped into, but they're tapped into the local power of what's going on, and, and there's some, I mean, heavy-duty corruption. There'll be a lot of boss hogs in these uh, counties out here. And uh, so, James, I want to ask you, what county are you in? Or what county are you, two counties you between? I'm in Westmoreland County, and I'm in Cambria County. And I talked to, I talked to uh, even attorneys in Pittsburgh, said, uh, everyone I talked to except two says they will not deal with Cambria County. They said they're corrupt. They said they got their, uh, their, own, their own animal. Is that your? Is that where the court jurisdiction is on this case? Is in that county? Oh, one of them. And, but they they gang stalked me. They talked with one another, and they came in. Both came in with disorderly conduct. They never charged me with them. Suspicion of disorderly conduct. No way. Well, give them no idea. And, and they and they talked a lot all of a sudden, the, commu- the quality of communication has gone down. Quality of communication has gone down. I think someone has their mic open. Someone has their mic open. Yeah, that all the echoes and everything. Yeah, that all the echoes and everything. All right, well, we'll just hold the, We're going to hold the show until you can get your damn mic shut off. James, I don't know any, I don't have a magic yeah, wand. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a magic wand for you here. You're going to have to go in and defend your position with what you've done. 
See what the point I was. I was going to try and make a point to the audience of when you do this. Part of this, if you're going to go back over under God's laws, you got to take on personal responsibility, folks. Don't go out speeding. Now, I know this wasn't your deal, James. Don't go out speeding and running stop signs and doing all that other crap. You're just inviting this. Be responsible. We don't have control over local fiefdoms. So, James, that's the best suggestion I can give you this morning, my friend. Okay, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that gentleman's phone number before we get off the call because I'm really not that savvy with this. If you remember, I'm not okay. Murka, Murka, would you put Mark's phone number over in Telegram that he can access, please? Mark, is that okay? I tried finding um, a real okay. James. Oh, there he is. I see him now. Hold on, hold on. Would you just hold on for a second, please? Murka, isolate him out as a profile and send me Mark's number on the side, please. Yeah, they're both on a pre-conference call right now. Okay. So who? Um, Mark sent him a message to him. Okay, who was trying to say something there a second ago that I stepped on? I was just going to say there's the rogersales.tango.com, and if you want to exchange numbers in there... You know, that's not within all these other chats, so that might work good, and then I can just delete it. So that might be your better alternative. Okay, and then I'm putting um, the Chitango link for James in the group so he can go to Chitango. Hey, Roger. Yes. Congratulations on the contact with Mr. Callender. Thank you. I think it's going to work out real well for us. We'll see. I uh, came across something that not people might want to know about. Now, this applies to California, but you're probably going to see it in other states as well. But when a notary does a notary in California, they got two forms they can pick from. Right. It's document or affidavit. And you want to do that. You want to make sure that she doesn't mess that up if you're having one done. Okay. Well, as usual, California is different from every other damn state in the union, to my knowledge. The thing I'd like to mention is, you know, that really burned me when the judge said that to Joe about his gas. Um, this is uh, It has nothing to do with commerce. Camera. I buy gas for my lawnmower. Does that mean I'm in commerce when I'm mowing my damn lawn? It's ridiculous. From Stanford's traffic book on page 57, he says, the Constitution found it commerce. An existing right that Chief Justice Marshall in 1824, Gibbons versus Ogden, 9 week 1 to 11, and gave the Congress the power to regulate it. The citizens' right in commerce do not come from the Constitution, but from the state. Correct. They existed before the Constitution was written, and the Chief Justice Marshall pointed it out. The Constitution recognizes that fact. If the right of man to trade is a above the Constitution, and the Constitution empowers the Congress, a legislative body, only to regulate Congress by no line of sound reasoning can the conclusion be reached that Congress can stop commerce. 
Congress's authority over commerce is interstate when it crosses state lines. There, they've got the ability to regulate it. Internally in the state, it's a state matter. Of course, of course, Mr. Marshall, Judge Marshall, wasn't speaking about citizens, was he? Well, you, know, you know, the only thing that differentiates us from every other animal on the face of the planet, Samuel, we trade. Other animals, insects, birds, don't trade. Joel Salatin, his last piece, uh, he spoke in front of a Judiciary Committee at, at Congress for about five minutes the other day, and he laid out um, how if a farmer grows his own animal on his farm and he butchers it out in the pasture, he can't sell that to anybody without being a criminal. He has to give it away. Right. Why? Congress Why? is trying to figure out how, Why? How, Why? Why? how to get more Why? into the market. Why? Why is that? Um, because he's a citizen of the United States. I, Roger, after he did all this thing, I, I, I put a comment in for him um, regarding that um, and asked him to uh, consider uh, the difference between the citizen and the national Congress, and see if he can help his people that way. Congress can uh, regulate between states or their property, which you are as a resident or a citizen. Well, they're enforcing this bullshit everywhere because people put up with it. I mean, if I want to go get some raw milk here locally, I can pay $15 a gallon for it and sign up as a member so that I can even get it raw. Right, PMA. Hey, Samuel. Uh, I, I think maybe we could think of it like this. When that judge asked him if he bought gas and then said he was in commerce, the question would be, okay, well, if a Japanese guy was here and he bought gas, would he be in the same commerce and could you give that's, him a ticket? That's obviously the answer that, be no. I'm going to tell you what happened right there, Abram. Those guys were pinned in a corner and he was looking for anything to get out. And he seized right. upon that nebulous thing that Joe bought gas. That ain't commerce. Right. Good no, example. The thing is, it, 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 whenever this, you know, it, the, the really great thing about this show, you know, one of them, you know, one of many, is that we get to go through these thought experiments over and over, right? You get to hear all these people's questions and all, all sorts of problems. And so when you're put in that position, if, you, if the question has already come across your mind and they ask you, hey, do you buy gas? And you say, the Japanese uh, uh, visitors buy gas? You know what I'd ask yeah. him? Okay, you know okay. what I'd ask him? Do you fart? Right. Do you buy the food? you farted? Go ahead, Abram. Uh, all I had was that part. part. Mer, what, I'm what, out of, uh, what did you say, Mer? I said uh, he was threatening Joe with incarceration. Well, of course he was. Of course he was. So, so he's, he's not going to lip back to him. It's stupid anyway, the whole thing. But yeah. But making a state asking a question to you by guess, I've got jurisdiction, you're in commerce, that, that flies in the face of every law that's ever been written. There's a petty tyrant for you. Of course. Go after his oath. Go after his oath. Well, that, you know what? When I was talking to Todd, and I mentioned Joe's case, just the fact that this is the area that we have problems in, and he starts asking me questions about it, you know? 
And, uh, uh, hell, I forgot what my point was going to be. But anyway, even Todd wanted to know this, you know. Uh, but th- this is the sticky wicket as local fiefdoms, folks. And I just don't have an answer for it because there's no consistency. Roger, the thing is, people need to stand on that jurisdiction, not boycott it, and not even, not you, even well, uh, uh, discussing here's the rule. with subject matter. Here's the rule. Well, we're not talking about subject matter. We're talking about personam. There's well, two types right, of jurisdictions. Right, yeah. There's subject matter jurisdiction, which is what this judge erroneously ruled against Joe on, and there's personum jurisdiction. When jurisdiction is challenged, the proceeding cannot go forward until that challenge is satisfied. You stand on personum jurisdiction, and you got the proof. If you file. Hey, can, you, can you clarify what you mean? I'm sorry, by, by personum jurisdiction? How is that applied to say uh, Okay, here, hold on, hold on, Abram, let me explain it to you. They sure. either got jurisdiction over the person or they got jurisdiction over the subject matter. Right. Those are the only two. They got to have one of them. And the thing is, we've taken ourselves personally out of that jurisdiction. Don't try and refer to subject matter, stand on personum. And then another thing, James has not been in court yet, so administratively he can handle it. Well, maybe. He's in an absolutely, totally corrupt state and in evidently one of the most corrupt counties in a corrupt state. And like um, Mike's suggestion about putting a complaint in. A private complaint. I thought about that. But when you're speaking of jurisdiction, I, I realize now that that the jurisdiction we're in, that's a mill that's army flag, the flag around the flame. So that would be a wartime jurisdiction and they're bringing us even a wartime no, jurisdiction. Man, please please for, don't, for don't, don't 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 bring all that crap in here, please. Please don't bring all that crap no, in here. Please. No, I'm asking if I ain't I'm asking if I'm wrong. I'm asking a question. I'm just asking Forget a question. Forget all of that. No, I'm not, I'm not Forget to all of that. Okay. Stand on the affidavit. Drop that patriot crap. Okay. Okay, no, I'm just asking. I already did. I just, I'm not trying to bring it in, believe me, because I don't like that shit to begin with. That shit leads people down the wrong road. Well, it's just, it's just got no, just got no bearing. They didn't get jurisdiction because they got gold frags on the damn flag. They got jurisdictions because you answered those questions yes your whole life. I I understand that. You need to say, I object. That's, That's what you got. Yeah, I, you're in, if you get in there, I object. You get that on the record. Because if you got to appeal it, that's going to be the basis of your appeal. forgot to mention that. Thanks, Mar. Okay. And I got one more question. I'm just going to sit here and listen like I have been for the hour. If I get my, if I get my phone number, would that gentleman all be able to call me? Because I can't find it. I just like to touch base with somebody for like some more peace of mind. Because I'll be going into the 30th. I postpone everything from now to the 30th. I plan on going into my house. You can't get Mark's phone number? James, I sent you the link to go into the Chatingo. Yeah, you'll, you'll find Mark in there. Mark, I don't know if he can get in there now, but he can probably get in there. And then you can exchange numbers. And once you have them, you know, one or both of you just enter that you've got the phone numbers, and then I can delete them so they're not in there. But it scrolls away pretty fast anyway. But I can delete them for you. No, I'm trying. I don't mind if people have my phone number. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to find that link. I'm not savvy, and I'm, I'm sitting here 
actually not going crazy, but in, um, in trying to do it as fast as I can before the call is. Well, it's Roger Sales, that's S-A-Y-L-E-S dot C-H-A-T-A-N-G-O dot C-O-M. Chat, tango, or chat and go. C-H-A-T-A-N-G-O. Okay, let us know if you can find it, James. Has anybody else got any other things to discuss here this morning besides all of this rehashing, all this local stuff? Hello, Roger. Hey, Bruce. Sound better? Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's all you want to do, sound check? Anybody else got anything? Well, I was complaining. I mean... Oh, I'll do <laughs> okay, yeah. well, whatever you did worked, okay. Hello, Cheryl again. Hello, Hello is Cheryl? Cheryl? Yes. Oh, okay. I still, um, I'm not clear as to the second paragraph, which has reference to the tax situation, the yes, residency, and okay. all stuff. All right. I'm not clear, like, if I file one of these things in the rel- relatively near future, whether I would, is it better that I put that in there? Well, or let, me, not well, let me ask you a question and you can dictate it. Are you interested in severing your relationship with the individuals representing Satan? <laughs> yes. All right, well then leave it in there because you're going to want to use that to put them on notice that your affidavit's been filed. Okay. That's the key in getting out of the IRS is that paragraph. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And what you don't understand, because you haven't been around here long enough, is we'll go back to the IRS's jurisdictional statement that's referenced in that paragraph. Okay? That is in 26 Code of Federal Regulations referred to as CFR, 26 CFR 1.1, it's referenced in the paragraph, 1.1-1, parentheses, small a. You haven't been around here long enough, Cheryl. Have you heard any of this tax stuff over the last 20 or 30 years? These former IRS agents going, show me the law, show me the law. They put a page advertisement in the New York Times and would pay $50,000 if anybody could show them the law. I'm going to show you the law. 26 CFR 1.1-1A. An income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents and to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. When you file that paperwork as to the IRS exclusively, you become a non-resident alien. That means you're non-resident to the residency of the 14th Amendment and the state wherein they reside, and that your state citizen status, now called a national, is alien to the federal status. That's how they're using that phrase. I I think I am clear about that. I just am very hung up on whether I still 
need to file a 1040 or even a 1040 NR for any reason. Once you get that with them, you won't have to file 1040s anymore. And if you only owe two sections of the code, do you have any, uh, say, for example, Union Pacific Railroad bonds, Cheryl? Uh, No, I don't. Okay. Well, that tax, two of those sections, 871 and 877, one of those sections deals with things like income from bonds of federally charted corporations. You know, you can incorporate through the feds or you can incorporate through the states. Most people go to their state. Who handles incorporation in the state? The Secretary of State of the state. That's all they do. Okay? But if you've got any income from any of these instruments that are associated with a federally funded corporate, federally chartered corporation, then you owe the tax. That's what one of those sections is. The other one is one that is totally inapplicable to us because it deals with expatriation. Anybody that gets into this and secures this original status of God-given rights that wants to go trade their passport for another slave country's passport, well, you don't belong here, quite frankly. So none of our people that should ever apply to. We're not expatriating. We're repatriating to this status that's been hidden from us. Cheryl, you know what makes this? Let me see if I can make this really, really resonate for you, okay? In organized societies, let's put it that way, there's only been two times in the history of our planet when men had God-given rights. Only two times. The first 200 years of Rome and the first 200 years of our country. Does that frame what we're doing here a little bit better for you? Um, We're trying to um, read capture our God-given rights. Well, you're not trying to. We do it. I just, I'm so hung up on um, the FICA. T- I don't understand how that works. If FICA, if FICA, because FICA is your Social Security. It is an income tax. But if I'm still, now, the question is, uh, you're already receiving Social Security. You've already fulfilled your 40 quarters. Why should you have to pay anymore? No, I really shouldn't. Because they're not increasing the amount. I mean, no, I know. And then um, the other question was just about the annuity income. This is an area I just don't know much about. I can't answer a question because I don't know enough about it. But I'll tell you who Mike could. It's John Casarum. Okay. John Cassera was a financial planner for his career and knows a lot about that stuff and knows this stuff too. So John may be able to help you. Okay. Well, do I contact him? Um, I think his number's on the webpage, isn't it, for uh, for the uh, Terra Wand, isn't it, Paul? Don't we have John's number up there on the webpage? And John gives it out over the air. I'm sure he did. It starts 951. Okay. 
it, it, could somebody check the webpage real quick on the Itera section, see if John's number's there? I think it is. But that's... Hello, Roger. Yes. Augustus here, but I'll wait. Continue. Okay, thank you, Augustus. Here's the number, if you want me to give it. Okay, Cheryl, do you have a pencil? I'll get a pencil, yeah. 951-790-9866. You'll have to go repeat it again for her, please, Mark. 951-790-9866. Now, you'll probably have to leave a message, okay, telling that I suggested he call you because of your financial situation and how to deal with annuities. You shouldn't have any, usually in my understanding, annuities pay you, like Social Security is an annuity, I guess, technically. So you give them some money and they pay you out over a certain period of time, right? Yes. Okay, yes, well. based on, uh, Yeah, well, you send the person, are they taking taxes out? Well, on certain kind of um, IRAs, like SEP IRA, they do not take taxes out when you contribute it. But when you receive the income later, then it becomes taxable. Okay, well, you need to send them an affidavit and let them know your status and that your payment isn't taxable anymore. Yeah, because you will, um, after you turn 72, they'll start contacting you to uh, take out the minimal amount you have to take out, you know. But you're going to have to get a hold of each one of these providers or whatever these retirement funds are and let them know, put them on notice that your status has changed and therefore your tax liability has changed. Okay. All right. So see what John says. See what what John says. But, uh, you know, listen, I've never participated in any of those things because I knew they were going to steal it. And they've probably stolen it already. They've just got some sort of a surface in because they take those big pools of money that where all these people are contributing and they trade them for bonds, which you yeah, are the basis that. of. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that now. <laughs> but okay. I didn't. Of course, nobody does. Okay. So Cheryl, <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's deal with Cheryl. I got Augustus. Cheryl, have, 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 did we help you at all? Yes, you helped me a lot. Okay, what else? Right. All right. Roger, this is Gary. Can all right, I, Gary. Can I help you with your Cheryl question? With my what question? Cheryl, you need to roll everything. Cheryl's money question. Cheryl, you need to roll everything over into what's called a self-directed IRA and then just pull it out. Okay. There has to be a self-directed IRA because any other type of IRA will automatically try to take tax and you'll have to deal with that situation. However, tax-free, you can roll it over into self-directed IRA and then pull it out. And since you're the one that's self-directing the IRA, you no longer have to pay taxes on it. There you go. So whoever your financial person is, Get with them and ask them how you roll all of these different accounts you've got into a self-directed IRA. Thank you, Gary. Did that help, Cheryl? I think that might be your answer right there. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Augustus. Augustus. Augustus, granddaddy. Greetings. <laughs> 
Papa, how are you? Hey, Papa, how you doing? I know you're, I know you're doing pretty good. Uh, let's see. Well, you should have a surprise in your mailbox somewhere. Mark assisted me, uh, so I'd be interested in. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a <clears throat> way you see it. It's interesting. It, it shows Eric with his uh, lovely daughter. Yeah. Really, really, really encouraging and affecting. So take a look at your email at some point. <clears throat> That's not why. I would, but thank you very much. What's that? No, go ahead. No. So here's here's what I would like to explore real quickly. In the last two months, I had not heard a lot about firearms, guns, and so forth. And I would like to kind of explore that a little bit more and see if anything's changed. I think the guy thinks Mike, Mike sure that Mike, he's, a gun, he's a, a gun expert. Mike and Brent, Mike's more into the regulatory stuff here and interact with these people. Mike, can you open your mic? I'm here. Okay, there he is, Augustus. Okay, so how are we doing? Let's talk. I live in California. I want oh, to God. get to the point where I can. Okay, come on. I, I look at you. You're killing me. So let me continue. So my goal is to be able to walk into a firearms store. I don't know if it's possible. Present my documentation also with the status change and so forth. So when they run me, which I don't know, I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm just looking for direction and some feedback in reference to that because in the last two and three months, I've not heard anything about firearms. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all yes. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. Okay, this is what you have to do. You have to find what the state law says, what the, what the firearms store has to abide by. And the way to see, like, even Illinois, you've got to have a uh, firearms identification card before you can even purchase ammo or protect a firearm. You need to find out what the qualifications first. Then you go to the gun store. You can fill that qualification, then you fill out the 4473, and they'll do a background check. Then you have to abide by state law if you have a waiting period. That's what you have to do. What so is, you're saying to me, I heard what you said, you're, you're, you're saying it is possible to be able to accomplish what I'm looking to do. Yes. When they do the back, sure, yes, back remember. The FFL has to abide by federal and state law because it's a state business case. Okay. They're going to ask you, in that form, Augustus, of 4473, Mike, is that it? That's the only place that we've found where they ask you both sides. Are you a citizen of the United States or a national? Question 19 and question 21.21 21 A and B. Okay. And you're going to say you're a national and they're going to. Oh, can you hold on a second, Wahid, please? I know. That's well, when they're going to ask you. That's when they're going to ask you and they're going to call in the background check and you're going to tell them you're a national. Okay. I'm tracking. Now, Wahid, what did you have to add? Is it on topic, please? Yesterday, yes, it, it generally is. Generally. It, it's about what we talked about yesterday with the UN World Health Organization. How do we use our national to protect ourselves with respect UN mandate? World any Health of these things are going to, any of these things like this who thing, has to be administered administratively. 
they don't have any jurisdiction over you. So how was that on topic with what Augustus was asking? I mean, really. I would would have to agree and allow me a comment. Please. I I sit here and I listen. I love the show, right? But sometimes it's just extremely frustrating. Really? Because I know other people. uh, (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, So I would would make uh, a request. But if you're going to ask a question, and I'm, an, I'm, I'm just a guy listening, okay? But if you're going to contribute or want to contribute, ask yourself this question. Is it on topic? Just ask yourself that question. Because if it were me, this is not on topic, uh, Wahib or whatever your name is. And it's very frustrating, and it stops the flow of the show. And it just gives, uh, it gives people, I even talked to someone about it. He said, he goes, you, you're all over the place. I mean, you get on a topic, there's a friend that, that I'm like, hey, please, I, I didn't bang him. I'm like, hey, you want to listen to this because I think you'll find it very valuable. And next thing you know, he's providing feedback that says to me, you guys are a bunch of just talking about nothing. And, and I don't know, I, I just, I have to express my frustration and I have a, I have a right to express my opinion yes, you and do. you don't have to like it. And it's but one of the drawbacks of, the draw of our forum. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Mike. Yes, please. Now, since you're in California, you need to you need to find the firearms registration form because that's all the firearms that you're legally as a citizen of California you can purchase. Like, there's only so many hand, different types of handguns you can buy, and and very very specific types of ARs you can buy. Just giving you fair warning. So I need to let me repeat. So I need to file a firearms regulation form. No, no. You need to go to the Attorney General's website and look up a firearms registry. It tells you what handguns and what rifles you can purchase in the state of California. That is just going to tell me my limitation versus you living in Tennessee or somewhere where it's much yeah. more lax. Is that correct? It's like the Glock 19 Gen 3 is the only Glock 19 or a 9 owner Glock. The Gen 3s and below is you can buy in California because they're considered safe. With the everyone that doesn't have a safety. Now, if you're a police officer, you can buy what you want. Okay, shouldn't a national be able to buy what they want? Aren't those California regulations written for residents, Mike? Yes, but you have to inform the file of the uh, FFL and the state might want to pull his license. You see, Augustus, I got to tell you, Augustus, I don't want to use the word disappointment. Maybe use the word surprise. The biggest surprise to me out of this whole thing that I've been doing for all these years is that the gun people aren't lined up around the block for this information, and I can't get their attention. Hey, Roger, this is how bad it is in California. Gavin Newsom, that piece of crap governor, they try to push the 28th Amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment. Oh, you mean the guy that Sean Hannity had on with DeSantos the other night and saying, oh, we'll set up a debate yeah. between you two and I'll be the moderator. Yeah. Hey, Sean, you were a friend of mine many years ago. You're an effing traitor. 
Yeah, he said, oh, here's my problem with the 28th Amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment. They're dying to get rid of the guns. We're in the third stage of the period of escalating violence. They can't move to the takeover stage till they get the guns. Well, my feedback very quickly is I want to say thank you to everyone for not jumping in so I can get the information. Hopefully everybody else was educated a little bit too. This was extremely helpful. And I would like to maybe hook up with you, Mike, uh, at some point in the future. Okay, so maybe I can help you in some way. Augusta, okay. well, okay. Email Roger at cool Roger and he'll get in touch. Okay. All right, very good. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Okay. You, should have any, you shouldn't have any problems, Augustus, as you go through this. Please get back with us and let us know any obstacles or whatever you had to overcome and what the result was. You can count on that. Okay, buddy. Thank you. You're Papa. Yes. Hey, Paul, Paul Beaner, I just checked my podcast yeah. app for my phone. It let me go all the way back to you know, uh, just October 18, 2018. So I yeah. can download the entire archive wow. of okay. Well, that's where we started, that's for sure. Where is that tinny noise coming from? Is it Mike? No, I'm muted. Where's the tinny noise coming from? Well, that's gone. Okay, it might be something with your system. I just wondered. Okay, we got a couple minutes left in the program. Wahib, did we get your question addressed? Uh, yes, yes, you did. Yes, yes, you did. Okay, does everybody understand that? Uh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Ev- go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. They do. They have to enforce everything regulatorily. This is the deep state, the administrative agencies. If you're not under the subject of the administrative agency, that doesn't apply to you. I just connected Augustus and Mike on email. Okay. Now, couple minutes left. Anybody else got anything that we can discuss this morning? Yes. All right, hold on. Hold on. We got two or three people. I'm going to defer. I'm going to defer to the female first. Please go for it. The 28th Amendment. What exactly is it saying that Newsom? Removing the Second Amendment from the Constitution. Oh shit! They're going to do that. No, no, no. He's seeking to modify it. He's not. He's seeking to modify it. I have the information. Um, I can't post it because I can't get to it at the moment. But it's not removing it. It's a modification, which what? isn't. You know, it's, it's what? should be doing it anyway. It's removing it, but I know. I understand that, but just so what? that they know, he's Gavin. He's not using the word remove. Does Gavin want you to have a little a wooden gun that shoots paper uh, rubber bands? Yeah, yeah, he knows he deserves to be um, hung. And he likes the word moot. It's all moot. So. He's moot. Yeah, he's moot. Exactly. Okay. Can I ask a question to Michael? Yes. What about... Private transactions as far as firearms. Different story. Uh, what do you know about that? Uh, you said that with the state law says. That's what they call the gun show loophole. If you're both nationals, then don't worry about state law. You if you're a citizen, then they have to abide by it. Yeah. Right. 
else. So what we need is a national I, I in Alabama. It's actually in Alabama. If I sell a firearm to somebody, take losses. If they commit a crime with it, take losses. I don't have to tell them who I sold it to. It's not my responsibility. It's the person, it's the person purchasing the firearm knowing that they're supposed to have it. And don't forget, Mike went to the trouble here of contacting BATF and asking them, I'm a national, what process do I use to buy a silencer or suppressor? Have you ever heard back from them on that, Mike? No, but uh, you didn't contact me with a guy in uh, Minnesota. He, is a, he has a class three. And he, he's, I told him, I gave him some advice what to do. Okay. They don't want to answer the question, folks. Yes. No, I just want to say this was beautiful today. I really enjoyed this, and this so much information. You know, men and women are wonderful. And I also posted the travel thing. I took a picture of what it says. Once you put your um, passport number in there, I put it in the uh, your chat, Roger, for people to see. There's verbiage on the passport the passport card that you're not supposed to deter or stop these people to somewhere. Yes, Mike. Uh, there's a term just like the IRS has for us. Yeah, uh, you know, the IRS calls us not uh, not resident aliens. Well, the ATF has a term for us, and we're trying to get what their internal term is. They don't want to give it up. Aha! Well, man, if you get that, bring it to us, brother. Yeah, because that's exactly how, you know, there are what we're classifying. Huh. Okay. Roger, just to share, um, James put the, a screenshot of what it says. It says existing trips and then has a backslash non-U.S. residents yep. or residency or non-residents. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what you severed with the affidavit. So basically, I did the process correctly. I mailed out right. everything correctly. It's, it's all, just the creatures coming after me. Well, yeah, I right can, it's, it's a local fiefdom, man, and I, I can't help if you got Judge Roy Bean there as your judge. Okay? These little local people that have been in power, everybody in the county bows down to them. They go into a restaurant, they get the best table, they get the best service. They're little lords of the manor in their fiefdom, and they don't like you telling them you're not their serf. That threatens them. Exactly. And if you notice, when you mail something to the courts, it takes almost a week to get there. Sometimes it don't get there. But when they mail something, it's the next day. Yeah, so the post office is also Well, I mean, look at the damn guy that was driving the 18-wheeler full of completed ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. And the post office covered. Look, they every institution in our lives has been taken over by these bastards. That was their plan. The long march through the institutions is what they call it. They're all corrupt. They got all these damn Zionist bastards at the head of them. Roger. Yes. Uh, check out Doug Casey, international man. Have you... I've met Doug. I've met on, I've on. met Doug Casey and shaken his hand. His, his uh, international man articles are blocked by very good about how uh, because of you know the uh, FCC is cracking down on all foreign 
And he says as soon as it does, that the price of Bitcoin is going to double and triple when all of those altcoin investors head towards uh, Bitcoin. Could be. If you want to go play with all that, you go play with it. Okay, where else can we go? We're about to hear the whistler in a minute. Does anybody else have any parting words? What's the word? Yeah. We have a world passport. Has anybody got information on the world passport? Who issues it? I'm going to put a link in there. I've been looking at it. I didn't apply, but I've been waiting. I'll, I'll put a link into there. Um, I, as soon as I pull it up well, on my phone. You can, bet it's a, you can bet it's some kind of a slave deal. I don't care about that. I want a passport from the Secretary of State because I can change my status with him. I can't change my status with a world body. All right. Hey, Roger. Yes. Yes. If I could just take a quick shout-out there. Kelly Tomlinson here from Seattle. I just want to shout-out thanks to you and Paul and Sheldon and Charlie and that I just recently this week got my uh, passport card and my passport and uh, I completed all my affidavits and all that and uh, right now I'm about to send all my stuff out to the uh, Attorney General and all that, uh, my final to the State Patrol and this and that, but I just want to do a shout out to thanks to you, you guys gave me a lot of confidence to get my good work done and I'm feeling awesome in my new status as a national. What city in the great, used to be great state of Washington are you in, Kelly? Oh, I'm in Seattle. I'm actually in South Seattle and Deerian near, near the uh, airport, but it's a toilet out here. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to give you our condolences. Anyway, thanks for checking in. We appreciate your feedback. And congratulations on thanks, everybody. Thank you. Learn the information and be able to belligerently defend your new status. That's the key. Okay? Thank you. All right, you're welcome, Kelly. And we're about to end here. We're laying our bodies down with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And we're going to see you tomorrow as we rise. Bye-bye.